John chapter 12, verse 37 through 38. Amen. I, I really, I do, I didn't, I wasn't just saying things a moment ago. I really believe that as Brother Nelson was leading worship service, the Lord prompted this message to my mind. And, um, and then during Pastor Riggins' remarks just a few moments ago, the Lord confirmed it. And so this is the direction that we're going to go. But I'm going to rely heavily on the truth church tonight. I can't, I can't do it on my own. And in fact, I, I'd go as far to say as what God wants to do in this service, he can't do it on his own. He needs you. He needs me. And that's why I determined that I'm going to come to this pulpit expecting God's will to be done. Because if I expect God's will to be done, I'm going to do everything in my power to ensure that his will is accomplished. Amen. Amen. Can you join with me in that commitment tonight? John chapter 12, verse 37 and 38. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Amen. You can lay down your Bibles, and if, if you would, please pray for me. Ask the Lord to anoint my mind and my mouth but also to anoint you, to anoint your ears and your heart tonight. God, we need your touch. God, I pray, Lord, that I could, Lord, express what you just laid on my heart. Hallelujah. I cannot. Oh, Master. I don't know if you feel the Holy Ghost moving right now, but I can feel this touch. Oh, Jesus, we're expecting you, God, to have your way, God. We're going to get out of the way, God. We want you to have your way, Jesus. Come on, child of God, put your faith in God's word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is more than just going through motions and tradition. But God, I want you to have your way, God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Man, I'm not sure how long I want to spend on this first part here, but I want to say that many of us, under the sound of my voice, amen, uh, may claim already to have a revelation of the understanding of who God is, the mighty God in Christ. And no doubt that occurred through much prayer and through much uh, preaching of God's word and, and perhaps in your own devotion and study of God's word, God revealed himself to you. Amen. Just like he did, amen, to, uh, to the disciples and specifically, amen, to, to Peter in Matthew chapter 16. And if you bear with me just for a moment, I will, I will go there. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said unto, answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you. Amen. Flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Amen. And the revelation that, that Peter received that day when Jesus was talking to him. Amen. That I don't know if it was in that moment as Jesus asked the question or in days before, months before, or what, at what point it was, but Jesus identified the thing that caused revelation to enter into Simon Peter's 
life. Amen. That Peter, amen, was interested in understanding God and who he is and, and what God was doing on earth and, and why that Jesus Christ was walking on earth performing miracles and, and, and coming into human form and, and changing the whole scene. And, and Peter, Peter, at some point on his own, not, not because uh, his pastor or even Jesus uh, was prompting him to, but on his own some point prior to this conversation with Jesus he had obtained a revelation of who God is and who Jesus is hallelujah amen he said thou art the Christ Jesus asked the question generally to any of the disciples any of them could have responded in that setting but Peter immediately amen without question without hesitation said thou art the Christ thou art the son of the living God you're the you're mighty God amen in Christ you're the human form of God walking on earth amen hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. And I think it was, amen, it's, it behooves us. Amen. This should compel you and me, amen, to seek out, amen, who God is and how he wants to interact with you and me on a day-to-day basis. We shouldn't take for granted, even as oneness apostolic Pentecostals, uh, amen, the, the experience that we have on every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, and every Tuesday night. Amen. We ought to come to church uh, with a hunger and an expectation, amen, believing that God is going to reveal Amen. Some of himself to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I don't want to take for granted. Amen. This precious truth that we have. Amen. I want more. Amen. I want more of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't want to spend too much time on that because it's not exactly where I want to end up. Amen. But, amen, just as... I believe just as, amen, the revelation of the mighty God in Christ, uh, amen, that eternal spirit uh, wrapped up in in mortal man, amen, coming, amen, for the salvation of humankind, amen. I mean, I believe that the revelation, the spiritual, that divine revelation that is required, uh, amen, in order to obtain that understanding, amen, there's also a, a, uh, I learned a new word a couple days ago, an ancillary revelation. Amen. A a revelation that is connected to or related to this first revelation. You first need a real understanding of who God is. Amen. But there are things that proceed from that revelation. Amen. The necessity of baptism in Jesus' name. Amen. Is one of those things. Amen. We we don't know why. Amen. We've got to be baptized. Amen. Declaring the name of Jesus until we have a revelation of who he is. We've got to have a revelation, amen, of Jesus and the blood that he spent, amen, on Calvary and the fact that we're being buried with him, amen, and covered by his blood, amen, washing away all our sins. Hallelujah. Amen. But you don't get that revelation until you have the first. Hallelujah. Amen. And I've come tonight, amen, to preach to some Pentecostals, amen, some apostolics, amen, that there's yet another revelation that I believe the truth church needs to obtain. Amen. And that is the revelation of divine healing, that God wants to do a work in this last hour. That his arm is not short. Amen. His promises are not slack. Hallelujah. Amen. John told them in John chapter 12, verse 37, but though he had done so many miracles, he's already done so many miracles. Amen. I could say the same thing about those of us in this room tonight. Perhaps you have witnessed for yourself so many miracles. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. We think, I think about, uh, Mama, was her name Jolene? 
standing right here. Brother Mike Herring was evangelizing for us and preaching for us and preaching a revival. And what a mighty revival that was. We were just talking about it the other day. Uh, between 20 and 30, perhaps, people prayed through the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, evidenced by speaking in tongues. Uh, amen. The real deal. Amen. And Jolene came down. Amen. She never received the Holy Ghost, to my knowledge. I could be wrong on that. You could ask my mom or pastor. But, but, but she received something in that service that night. Amen. And it was something notable. She was blind in one eye. And she came down to the altar. And my mom had told her, she said, you come to church. My God can heal you of that blindness. And so it was. Amen. Jolene came to church. Amen. And that altar that night, standing right here, I was beneath her, watching her as she blinked and her eyes came open. Amen. Her left eye, amen, received sight, completely healed. Hallelujah. That wasn't the only one. Brother Mike Findell, we've heard. Uh, amen. We've witnessed Brother brother uh, Nelson. Amen. The many times God has healed him. Amen. Completely. Amen. Completely. He was uh, his one of his, I, believe, I can't remember which one, but whichever one of his eyes uh, was going blind. It was constantly degrading. He's had multiple, multiple surgeries where doctors have gone and tried to correct things and, and, and uh, inevitably messed things up uh, for the worse. Uh, amen. But one day... He he came in, amen, he got his license re revoked. And, and while Brother Savala was preaching in revival for us just last year, amen, Brother Mike Findell came up in faith, threw his hands up, and, and the next thing I heard, amen, just a few days later, he, was, he, had, he had been approved, amen, to drive again. Amen, I'm telling you, he was legally blind, but God healed his body. Hallelujah, these are just two examples. Uh, one other example, young, I mean, an elderly lady by the name of uh, Susie Shaw. I mean, used to attend this church. and She's now gone on to her reward, but, but in the middle of service one night, amen, she, was, she had gone to the restroom, and uh, she, was, she was getting, I, I don't know the details, but, but at some point while she was in the restroom, amen, she had a heart attack, as I understand it, and she fell, amen, she hit her head. Was it a heart attack that caused her to fall? Yeah, and she fell and hit her head, and, and, and there was, out of just circumstantially or, or providentially, I'm not sure which, which uh, I've heard pastors say many times, uh, with God there are no uh, there are no coincidences. So, so I, I believe this lady may have been sent here, amen, on a mission just to, just to do this. Perhaps she was an angel. I don't know. But she was a registered nurse. She claimed to be a registered nurse. And she was in that bathroom before Pastor got back there. And Sus she had felt Susie Shaw's pulse. And, and she had declared to Pastor, amen, after the fact, <clears throat> That Pastor Regan, I, I deal with this on a daily basis. I see dead people every day. And she said, that woman was dead. Amen. But when Pastor Regan finally got an opportunity to get back there, amen, as he opened the door and saw the situation as it laid before him, amen, almost instinctively he cried out, oh, Jesus. And she came to, and her eyes rolled back forward in her head, and, and she focused in, and she began to breathe again. Amen. I'm telling you about, amen, the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Though he had done so many miracles before them. Yet they believed not on him. What does it take? What does it take? Elder, this is one of the things I forgot to say a moment ago. So maybe the Lord's just putting it right here because it does fit. <clears throat> and uh, Elder Howard, at admit this past week, he had talked about um, Faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed. And he said that, and the Bible actually says that, that the, uh, the mustard seed is the smallest seed of all seeds. It's the smallest seed. But Elder Howard had said that he did some studying, looking into it, and said mustard seeds can get so small that they could pass through a linen cloth. That, that's how, uh, a linen piece of fabric, that's how fine that mustard seed can become. It's so, so minute. 
so small that you couldn't really measure it. You can't measure it. And, and I always wondered, Pastor, why it was that God, and, and I understand sort of the, the general principle, which is it doesn't take a lot of faith to get done what, what God wants to do. Amen. But it didn't seem like that really captured the entirety of it. And Elder Howard's done this a number of times where he's just prayed and God's given him a good understanding. And I jot it down because I want to know. I want to understand these things that God is showing us. Amen. And we can also, amen, receive. These are related revelations. These are things that God, amen, will reveal to those of us who are hungry for truth. I mean, the Bible says that his spirit is a spirit of truth and will guide us and lead us into all truth. Amen. So we don't have to, amen, depend on our own intellect, but in prayer, amen, and seeking out God's will, he could show us his way, especially, amen, or specifically when we are submitted to him and his word. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But Elder Howard mentioned that, that, that this fine grade of mustard seed, he, he was wondering along the same lines as, as, as why, why, why did he use that particular um, that particular seed to describe the size of faith that was required to, in one place he said, move this sycamine tree to uh, plant in the sea. And then another he said, move a, a mountain, plant it into a sea. So, I mean, that's a lot of moving with a little bit of faith. And, and so why, why this little seed? And Elder, um, and Elder Howard mentioned that he came to the realization, he said he had asked several other men. I don't know if you men remember this, but he said, he said and they gave me, what was, he said, they gave me the, uh, gave me as something like, it wasn't this word, but as nonsensical an, an idea as I had on my own, basically. In other words, it, it didn't, quite, didn't quite connect in his mind. He, he didn't quite uh, connect the dots. But when, when he was praying, God, God talked to him, or, or God just showed this to him, that, that the, the reason that he chose the, the seed the size of a grain of mustard seed is because it's immeasurable. It's so small that you either have faith or you don't have faith. You e- it's either there or it's not. It's such, a, it's such a small grain of mustard seed that either it's a reality or not. So, and, 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 I, and I believe that, that goes along with what Pastor was preaching just a few months ago, or perhaps a month or so ago, or a few months ago, about how we ought to focus on uh, the fact that we do have faith rather than focusing on, amen, the fact that we, in those areas where we don't have faith. Amen. What good is that going to do you if you're focusing on the areas of doubt or unbelief? Amen. But if you, if you have even the slightest amount of faith, if you can measure it against the size of a grain of mustard seed, which is so small, Sister Lydia, it could pass through, amen, a, a, a linen garment. So small, amen, that, that you can't even measure it then you've got enough faith. You've got enough faith. You don't have to seek for any more. You don't have to look for any. You've got enough faith. And I would dare say those of us who have enough faith to come to an apostolic church on a Sunday night, I believe we just have enough faith. I don't think there's anybody under the sound of my voice in this room tonight, amen, that that has so much unbelief, that has so much doubt, that has so much discouragement that God can't move in your life. Let me tell you, you've got enough faith. Oh, hallelujah. I said you got enough faith. You don't have to go home doubting or wondering or questioning because you got enough Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And God can take, uh, amen, this little bit of faith uh, that Jared has, that you have, that we have in this place tonight. And he can, he can, he can heal somebody. He can deliver somebody. Hallelujah. We talk about the greatest miracle being somebody receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and being baptized. 
in Jesus' name. What a miracle that truly is. How many times have we seen that? Now, how much faith does it take to bring somebody up to a water, uh, a, bap- a baptistry, and, and put them down in the water and baptize them? You just have to know that it's in the Scripture. You don't have to have a whole lot. You just have to have a baptistry and, and the Word. You just have to have a little bit of faith. Hallelujah. And I'm here to tell you tonight that whatever, I, I'm aware of the fact that there are a number of folks that are uh, sick, that have been going through various ailments in our church that are connected with our church. I mean, I believe that God wants to step into this place tonight and heal those bodies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I don't, it doesn't have, like, it has nothing to do with Jared. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just, I just have the scripture and I have a little bit of faith. Hallelujah. I'm just looking at this congregation and, and I see enough faith. Hallelujah. I want somebody to get this revelation tonight. I want you to get a revelation tonight that God is able. He said, uh, uh, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? The concept of revelation is probably overused in today's Christian environment. Amen. God revealed to me. That if I go to the, this is, this is totally a, uh, a dumb thing. I wrote this down, okay? This is 100% Jared. God revealed to me that if I go through McDonald's drive-thru and they forgot to put a straw in my bag, that would be a sign that I need to go inside and get some ketchup. Ha ha, LOL. The point that I'm trying to illustrate with that is that it's being overused, that, that we try to, try to over-spiritualize some things, that really God's not, God's not in it, but we under-spiritualize the things when God is in it. When we're trying to have church, God is in this place. We try to move, have a move of the Holy God is here in this house tonight. I feel his presence even as I'm speaking right now. Amen. That's not because I'm spiritual. That's not. That's because he gave me this opportunity. That's because he's had mercy on me. That's because, because his presence is in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But real revelation is something that, amen, you didn't have or you didn't believe or you didn't know before. There's a process between the state of not knowing and knowing. And to learn something. Revelation allows you to learn something that you didn't know before. Amen. And it requires someone or something to already have the knowledge. And have the ability to transfer that knowledge to you. There are different ways you can receive revelation. Observation through your own five senses brings realization to your mind and revelation of something that you didn't know before. So you can get revelation, get understanding through basic observation, through feeling, through your different senses. You can get, oh, I didn't know that smelled that way. I didn't know that felt like that. I didn't know that sounded like that. You can get these, and these are just practical applications of the word. This is the way that children pick up different mannerisms from their own parents. It's, it's not something that's verbally communicated to them. But through years of subconscious observations, they learn how to behave. Communication is more direct. Communication is a more direct form of transferring of information and can cause one to gain understanding that didn't exist before. Amen. Communication is really just another form of observing. Amen. Paul agrees with me on this subject, and this is one of the forms of revelation that is scripturally based. 
Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I mean, you can't, you can't believe something that you haven't heard. You can't hear something if there's nobody, if there, if there's nobody available to tell you. Amen. It goes on to say that how shall they preach unless they are sent? It's not just any kind of preacher. But you need a God-called, God-anointed preacher who's preaching the truth. Amen. We already uh, touched on some of this, but I want to make sure that I'm, I'm communicating all of this to you. Amen. However, there is revelation that can be acquired, amen, through something other than our natural senses. And to use a modern term, but I think this is really probably the best way to describe it because this, I, this hasn't really existed prior to the modern internet age, but it's a direct download from the Holy Ghost. You don't observe it through your feelings or your, your, your eyes or your, your nose or your ears. You don't observe it through that way. Sometimes God can speak to us, amen, audibly, but sometimes he chooses not to. So there are other ways for us to get this revelation. Amen, this is the scripture that I read just a, a moment ago, Matthew chapter 6, verse seven, 16, verses 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it, Unto you, you didn't get it through observation. You did not get it through your five natural senses. But my Father revealed this to you. My Father which is in heaven, which is not flesh and blood. The, the Spirit of God came in and revealed this thing unto you. Amen. And Jesus draws a distinct contrast in this passage. His first question to which he undoubtedly already knew the answer was, who did those without a revelation say that I am? And after response came, Jesus asked more importantly, who do you say that I am? Do you have a revelation? Is really what Jesus was asking. What are, what are, what are, what are others saying about me? I, thou art one of the prophets. You're Jeremiah, you're Isaiah, you're, you're one of the prophets, Jesus. That's what they're saying. So some folks without that, that divine revelation, these, this is their idea of who you are. But then Jesus brings it home and says, do you have the revelation of who I am? And I've already mentioned this, but Peter responded and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. It would be a miserable day. In Pentecost, it would be a miserable day at the true church if God stepped in this room and said, who do men say that I am? And we have everybody's opinion of who God is, but he asks us, do you know who I am? And, and we really don't have an answer. We really don't have, amen, an understanding. We really don't know all that he can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I fear, and, and pastor, if I step out of line, please let me know. I, I'm, I'm not intending to... Uh, dig at anybody. I, I just I just want to share with what what I've got on my heart. Amen. But but I fear that because of pastors' uh, fundamental, basic, uh, principled teaching, and, and and many of the things that he say, basics probably shouldn't have been inserted in there because many of the things that he teaches are not really basic concepts. But the way that he describes them are such a, a simple and understandable way. Amen. That we take advantage of that. And we take it for granted. Amen. I know that I have been guilty of it. So this is why I, and maybe I'm the only one. Amen. But I want to tell the truth, church, that, that there's so much more available. Amen. The, in, the, in the presence of God. Amen. Through revelation by His Word. Through, amen, a relationship with God. Amen. I preached a message to the young people one time. Revelation by relationship. 
I mean, there are so many things that we can gain that I have gained I mean, through, uh, through relationship with God that I never would have gotten otherwise. And you will never get I mean, over, the, over the top of a pulpit, I mean, but in the, in the bottom of an altar. I mean, if you are willing I mean, to come I mean, into his presence and spend a little bit of time with him. Hallelujah. There are revelations. There are, amen, amen, experiences. There are things available for us. Amen. But we, but I have been satisfied. I have gained, amen, reluctant, amen, to even pursue something greater even because of the readily available revelations that are in a God-fearing apostolic pulpit. Hallelujah. And, and as we were worshiping a few moments ago, I, I mean, Brother Nelson uh, was, was talking about the way maker. We were singing about the way maker. Amen. And, and I thought, man, if we really had a revelation of what we were singing right now, if we understood what, what God was trying to do in this place. Hey, I don't have to preach on a Sunday night. I, I don't have any. I, I, I just want to see God move in this place. Want God to have his perfect way, amen, in his house. As a matter, it is his house. This is not our house. We don't want to be like the church of Thyatira, but we want, amen, to be like those other. These are, this is the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father. Do you have, can I ask this question, do you have? Revelations given to you through prayer. Through your own relationship with him. And if so, that's great. Amen. But is there more available? Do you know everything? I would dare say we probably will never reach that stage until we get to heaven. Thank God. Amen. We're always striving. We're always contending for the faith. We're always trying to wrap our mind around what God is trying to say to us. I've heard one preacher say that the Spirit of God is always speaking. I don't know. I'm not going to put Pastor on the spot right now, but but I, I I don't know how biblically founded that is. Amen. But but I I I understand what he's trying to say. That there's always a message available. Amen. If we would tune in. If we could be sensitive to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bear with me for just a moment. In the Garden of Gethsemane, it was more than the spoken word of Jesus. When, when pastor is here preaching, when other men that pastor has asked to preach and fill, and fill this pulpit, amen, when, when these men are speaking under the inspiration of the word of God, and under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, they, it's more than just words. It's more than us just spending time. Sorry if this is too simple. There was added power and authority with what Jesus had to say. There was divine authority, if I can well, I can go that far because he was God and he was God and man. John chapter eighteen verses three says, "Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, come thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? Who do men say that I am? Do you see the? Who are you looking for?" Verse 5, they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto him, I am he. Now, if you were reading, uh, well, hey, it does it. So you see how that word there, I am, the word he is italicized? That means that it was inserted by the translators. And that was not original with me. Pastor Riggin told me that. He told you that too. Yep. And so, 
I am is really what Jesus said in response to that crowd, to, to, to those who were seeking him. He said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am. And Judas, uh, and Judas also, which portrayed him, stood with them. Verse 6, as soon then as he said unto them, I am, they went backward and fell to the ground. Now, what is accomplished by them falling backwards on the ground? Nothing really, other than the fact that there was power being illustrated here. There was authority with what he had said. And uh, Jesus was giving a revelation to these men that this is not just any old boy, but I am. I think ego I may is the, is the Greek term, and that's, that's not me either, that's him. Um, I could refer you to a lot, a lot of pastor's lessons. Amen. But ego I me, which is the, the Greek words that say, I am, I am, I am, I am. And uh, I can, I don't want to take too long, but let me just insert that when Moses had asked God in the burning bush, when God had revealed himself to Moses through the burning bush, he said, who do I say sent me? And God responded, from the burning bush, I am that I am. And so the same, what Jesus was claiming in this garden of Gethsemane is I'm the same one that was in that burning bush speaking to Moses. I'm telling you, there's power when you receive a revelation of who he is. Hallelujah. Amen. There were a few cities that, that the Lord rebuked because God tried and tried, but these cities never received a revelation. Amen. Matthew chapter 11, verse 20. I may try to skip through some of this, but it's, it's just identifying the city, so that's why I'm reading. Uh, there's about six scriptures. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of the, his mighty works were done. Because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre or Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shalt shall be brought down to hell, for if the mighty works which have been done in thee have been done in Sodom, it would, have been, it would have remained until this day. In other words, they would have repented. They would have recognized what was going on, and then, and then God would have had mercy on them. Verse 24 says, But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. At, the, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Amen. When we, when we have an incomplete, or let me just say this, when we have a partial revelation of who he is, we stunt what he can do. These men, these people were witnessing miracles. Capernaum and Chorazin and, and these. But, but they didn't have a genuine, a complete revelation of what he, what, what, what he was trying to accomplish. Because if they did, they would have repented. They would have come to the fullness of the truth. Amen. I'm so glad that I've come to an apostolic church. Amen. Where there is repentance and remission of sins preached in His name. It's clear. Revelation is clear. It's easily understood. 
Amen. But I fear, and I'm not preaching just miracles and signs and wonders. That's not the sole purpose for this message. But I do feel like God wants to do something in this place tonight because, because of what has occurred already in this service and, and because of how he prompted me a few moments ago. Amen. But don't let us uh, amen, have a partial revelation of who he is uh, in the opposite direction. Let's not stunt, amen, what God can do, amen, in the true church. Amen. He still is a divine healer. He still, amen, is a deliverer. Amen. He can, amen, he can solve every nicotine addiction. I can ask Pastor Hilton to come up here and give a, a testimony of, of that exact thing happening over the past year or so. I mean, for a gentleman who attends his church. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, unlimited God. One who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody get a revelation. Somebody get an understanding. Amen. I can't do it for you. You've got to get it for yourself. Amen. Flesh and blood cannot reveal this unto you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I, I know that God wants to do something special for somebody, amen, who has a revelation. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, somebody magnify the Lord, right? Hallelujah, you can be seated. Do you have a need? I want to get your gears turning. I want you to start thinking about what the Lord could do for you tonight. And then there will be an opportunity for you to come and, and, uh, and taste and see. See what the Lord can do for you. Hallelujah. Amen, think about how he can help you. Is it financial? Is it spiritual? Is it just a, you want a closer walk with him? You feel distant. You feel like you're walking in a dry and barren land. Let me tell you, God can refresh you in these altars tonight. Well, hallelujah. God can refresh an apostolic. Amen. Who has had the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because I, I've had that done to me. Even over the past uh, week. Amen. At Advent where God. Amen. Had reminded me. said, Jared, you, you're still my son. Amen. You're still. Amen. In my presence. You can still. Amen. Receive from me the good things. I thank God for that. Hallelujah. Blind Bartimaeus. Pastor Hilton mentioned this a few moments ago. I think Bartimaeus is one of. Uh, our mutual favorite stories. Because you refer to him a lot and I do too. Amen. But it's a good story. You ought to read it. Mark chapter 10, verse 46, 47. Actually, you know what? I'll read it for you. They came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway sat by the highway side begging. Verse 47, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now had blind Bartimaeus ever seen anybody be healed by God, by Jesus? No. He'd only heard. How can they hear? Without a preacher. How can they, somebody had preached to blind Bartimaeus. Maybe they didn't get up and take a text and stand on a platform and preach to blind Bartimaeus. But somebody told him about what God had done. Somebody had spoken to him on the subject and said, have you heard of Jesus of Nazareth? Now I would dare say that blind Bartimaeus did not have a complete revelation of who Jesus is. But he had a partial revelation. He had a little bit of faith. He had, he had just enough faith that said, 
Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. I don't know where it was, but somewhere blind Bartimaeus received a revelation of who Jesus is. How shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? Amen. John chapter 12, verse 37 through 40, which is our text. I'm getting ready to close. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe, because that Isaiah, Isaiah, uh, therefore they could not believe, because that Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. That to me is an interesting. Scripture seems somewhat related to what happened in Chorazin and, and uh, these other cities that I referred to a moment ago. That because these would not believe, the, because they, they would not believe, the Lord made it so that they could not believe. Just one chapter before this passage of scripture, Jesus performed one of the greatest miracles in the Bible, raising of Lazarus from the dead. These were the final days of Jesus' earthly ministry, and it's, in my mind, somewhat of an apex of Jesus' ministry. In this final miracle before the triumphal entry, and within only days of the Passover, we read this passage of scripture in John chapter 11. Verses 1 through 4. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus. How many know somebody that is sick? Now, I don't think they're any different than the story of Lazarus. These people are just sick. Your family members are just sick. I don't care if it is the COVID. (laughs) Amen. They're just sick. Now here's a certain man who was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, town of Mary. And I'm not, going to, I'm not saying that they're going to have the same story that Lazarus is going to have. It was so funny. I have to tell this story. Ad- admit. Um, I think it was Elder Howard was preaching about, um, I forget the title of his deal, but he was talking about healing and he talked about, he, talking about God can raise folks from the dead. And Sister Reagan looked at me and goes, is there anybody that's willing to die? <laughs> I, hopefully I didn't embarrass you, Sister Reagan. I mean, it's a good point. In order for you to have a resurrection, you got to have death. So the same is true for sick folks. In order to have healing and, and, and divine healing in a service like this, we have to have people who are sick. But furthermore, you got to notice what happened because Lazarus did die, but that's not the only thing that happened. Mary and Martha reached out to Jesus, said, come. I need you to come help me because my brother's dead. So it's not enough just to be sick. you got to ask Jesus to come. you got to ask him to help you. Verse 2, it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment, and wiped his feet with their hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Okay, so... Jesus is letting him know, I want you guys to understand. Somebody needs to get a revelation of who I am, what I can do. This, the whole reason for this scenario that's playing out right now is so that folks can see the glory of God, so they, the Son of God would be glorified. 
Verse 31, the Bible picks up at the, near the end of this story. The Jews then, so, so let me just tell you what happened in the interim because I skipped a lot. But that Lazarus dies, okay? And then he's in a grave, a tomb. And so now Jesus and the disciples come on the scene, and there are people wailing and crying and saying, oh, Lazarus is dead. And, and uh, verse 31 of John chapter 11, the Jews then w which were with her in the house and comforted her when they, they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, she goeth unto the grave to weep there. Verse 32, then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saith and saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother wouldn't have died, has not died. Verse 33, and, and let me just stop right here. Jesus, you said that this would not end in death. You said just a few moments ago, a few days ago, that, that this sickness is not unto death, but yet here he is dead. And he's in the grave. If you'd been here a few days ago, my brother hadn't died. I, I, let me ask you this. Did Jesus lie? He didn't lie. Because I haven't read the end of the story yet. But we all know that Jesus didn't lie because we cheated and ran, read ahead and know the story. But the same that same logic applies to our situations. He hasn't lied. If, if, if he's promised you that your children are coming back, if, if he's promised you that, that certain circumstance, certain situation will be handled, God will handle it. You don't have to doubt it. You don't have to question. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter if Lazarus is in the grave. God will this sickness is not unto death. It's not going to end in death. It might go through death, but it's not going to end in death. It's not unto death. Okay? Verse, I started talking and now I lost my spot. Oh, verse 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet and saying, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. In verse 35, the Bible says Jesus wept. Verse 36, then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? They, they didn't even realize that they have faith. There were some that day that, that had, I would say, a partial revelation of what he could do. Because, it, you know, wasn't this the guy that was healing blind Bartimaeus? And, and why didn't he come here and take care of Lazarus? He could have healed a sickness, no problem. They have a revelation of God's ability to heal, but they, they didn't have a complete understanding of what God could do. But Martha did receive revelation and went and told Mary, Mary, you have to hear what Jesus told me. John chapter 11, verse 20, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was Set steel in the house, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. I mean, Martha was right there. She, she said, God, I know that even right now, if you were to speak the word, God would do whatever you ask him to do. And Jesus said, okay, let's try. I'm going to speak the word. Thy brother shall rise again. And her faith goes, whoa. Not that much faith, Jesus. 
No, no, I don't think it was a faith problem. Let me, let me, I don't think it was, I think it was a revelation problem. I think she didn't have a revelation, but uh, uh, I didn't think, I don't think she had a complete understanding of, of what Jesus was saying in this moment. I think Jesus was talking over her head a little bit. Amen, but when Jesus responded like that and said, thy brother is going to rise again. Hallelujah. She saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Not today, but in the last day he will rise again. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me, he shall never die. He shall never die. Do you believe this? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus was trying, amen, amen, line by line, precept upon precept, try to give this young lady a revelation. Hallelujah. And I'm here to tell you tonight, amen, that I'm trying, amen, with my feeble attempt tonight, amen, to give the true church, uh, amen, just a subtle, amen, a gradient more, amen, of an understanding of what God would like to do. Hallelujah. Amen. I still feel, amen, that burden that I felt just a few moments ago. Amen. It hasn't left my shoulders. And I want to sell somebody. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I said it doesn't matter. Amen. He shall rise again. I know in the last day. No, I'm talking about tonight. Hallelujah. Before you uh, exit through those double doors, God can heal. God can deliver. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. Amen. I've seen so many apostolics and Pentecostals. Amen. Tumble and turmoil. That was so unnecessary. But he shall rise. He shall rise. Amen. Not in the last day. Amen. Not in a day to come. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not. I believe. I believe. Notice what she says. I I think finally, in verse 27, Martha stumbles across a divine revelation that Jesus has been trying to impart to her through this entire discourse. In verse, hallelujah, verse 25, let me back up and just hit this again. Verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. You're looking at the last day. You're looking at the time to come. And then because I am the resurrection, I am the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead. I'm saying there is no limitation. Martha, you don't have to put caps on this. You don't have to put limits on this. I mean, he shall. He shall, he shall. I wish I was, I wish I could get Pastor to come up here and teach his lesson on shall right now. I mean, he shall live again. He's gonna come out of that grave. Hallelujah. I don't wanna just go through this whole service and, and drop the ball right here at the end. Let me preach to you, church. Let me get this across to you. Amen. Can you hear what I'm saying right now? Can you understand what I'm trying to convey? Amen. These next few moments, God is able, amen, to step into this sanctuary, amen, and heal and heal and deliver and forgive. And I'm talking about in this service. Hallelujah. He said, whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Verse 27, she saith unto him, these were the key words. Yea, Lord. I believe that thou art the Christ, the son. Of, she finally, it finally came. 
She got the same revelation that Peter got that day, Brother Nelson. She said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the one who came from eternity, amen, for the sole purpose. And this death, this, this, this life, amen, that was shed, amen, this life that is dead right now is nothing to you. Amen, because you hold eternal life. Oh, do you see, do you see, amen, when you have a revelation, a revelation of who he is, amen, it makes all the difference. Oh, God, send a revelation in this service tonight. I don't want just a partial revelation, God. I don't want just a a part of it. God, give me a complete revelation. Come on, church, let's pray right now. Come on, when you receive that revelation.